Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PA podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we'll be taking a look back at the games over Easter, the Brentford game, talking about a new contract, and we'll look ahead to Stoke City. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals, and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, we had a week off. We we, we did all right. We had a, we had a good few weeks in a row, but um, means there's plenty to talk about today, I suppose. Yeah, a week off from the podcast, not a week off from work. Though. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that would have been nice, to be fair. So. Yeah, it's all the all the travelling around the Easter kind of uh, yeah. threw a spanner in the works and things like I went, that. Didn't I, it? Went, I went to another country. It was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> F- foreign travels banned. No, I went to Wales. So yeah, that, that <laughs> Easter Monday trip to Wales. Yeah, and uh, a nice little nice little stopover as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah down on the south pushing there. the boat out. Absolutely. There's <laughs> not there's nothing better than a than a chain motorway next door to the M4. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. St- stunning scenery of the uh, the sports centre next door and the uh, the hard shoulder on the other side. <laughs> and here you are back in LEP Towers on a, a beautiful sunny day. It's beautiful today, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, a bit nippy this morning. I was uh, spraying the windscreen when I took the kids to school. So uh, this morning, yeah, a bit of frost on it. But no, it's, it's turned out really nice, hasn't it? So well, We could just do a weather report, couldn't we, Tom, for yeah. the next half hour? I'm, yeah, sure, so. I'm sure loads of people are like that. We'll, <laughs> we'll just park the PNE stuff. We'll just talk about what the weather's like for the next hour as we just look out the window. Uh, and and how it is taking the kids to school again was, after yeah, half term. Yeah, yeah, two weeks off, yeah. So. <laughs> well, anyway, we better add getting to the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, two games over Easter. Mm-hmm. It, it started all right, didn't it? It was uh, Norwich first up mm-hmm. and uh, a draw, which, yeah. I mean, going into the game, you couldn't, you, you, it's a good result. Yeah. Having watched the game. Mm-hmm. It's also a good result. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, just a general look at it, um, Tom. Sort of a draw, a win, and a defeat mm. over Easter and beyond. That's Preston North End at the moment, isn't it? You know, it's four yeah. points out of nine. It's it's inconsistent mm. almost. Uh, very mid table. F- yeah. Very f- yeah. Lower mid table sort of thing. A sort of three games sum up North End really. So, uh, but going chronologically and. Um, mm. One all at home to Norwich, scoring in the 95th minute, an equaliser, great result, you know, um, no argument with that one. Norwich, I think, are the, well, it, the division tells you, mm. um, from seeing him with my own eyes, they are the best team in this division. And thankfully, Pukki had his boots on the wrong feet that day. Thank goodness, yeah. He's still at the bar and put about three just wide, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they weren't shocking misses, weren't they? They, they were only just wide, but... Um, the, I think even though they were missing one or two players, I think they showed what a dangerous side they are going forward. Mm. For North End, thankfully, to have limited them to the one goal because Norwich were on top. You know, that, that's sort of make no bones about that. On another day, it could have been yeah, yeah. two, three, four. Like we say, Pukki's had a couple of chances and he yeah. wasn't the only one. No, he, you know, hit the bar from, you know, sort of six yards, you know, from an angle, sort mm. of hammered it against the underside of the bar. On another day, it bounces down over the line. You know, fortunately, it comes back on, you know, on the good side. But. North End stayed in the game, which is the big thing. It's only one goal. They only had, you know, one goal deficit. Mm. And, you know, lo and behold, 95th minute, big ball into the box. Brad Potts gets it, chest, you know, chest it down, back to goal. The full-back just drops off him a little bit naively, I thought, rather mm. than sort of gives him that little bit of space to turn. Um, Potts decides to have a goal, has a low shot. Goes through the centre half's legs, just nicks it on the way through, enough mm. to take it past Tim Cruel in the you know at the near post. So um, it shows 
however dominant another side might be, if you can just you know keep that deficit yeah. to one, I think that's the big all, thing. You only need one one chance to go in, you and know, I think so. that's what North End have struggled with a lot this season is mm. that when they've been in front, they've not killed games off, no. and they have been punished for it. Mm. And I think that was the the opposite scenario against Norwich, where Norwich didn't finish PNE off, which gave them that opportunity. And it only, like you say, only takes one shot. It was summer and nothing mm. deflected and North End come away with a point. But I to think be fair, well. Tom, to be fair, it was a better shot than I, looking back on it at the various angles, mm. at the time I thought, yeah, just a really big deflection on it. But you see it from Potts, he actually puts plenty of power on it, on target, goes through the defender's leg, it's only a little nick off it, it's not a wild deflection. So I think give him a little bit more credit than he deserves there, mm. you know. So And a, a change of formation as well, which was... Um, Interesting. You um, did, yeah. The diamond, yeah. Four one three two. Tom Barkazen's added a new position. Yeah, centre midfield. Field, yeah, yeah. It's. I think afterwards, Frankie McAvoy admitted it was a, a system he'd like on in theory, but it gave Norwich too much, too mm. many chances. You know, they wanted a bit more of a safety blanket further back. If you think about the the four who played in midfield, he had, he had Ledson sitting, but then he had. DJ and Barcazans as two sort of wide wider points of the diamond, although it's it's very narrow, mm. and it was Sinclair up behind the ten. two as a, as a two behind the two strikers at the point. So it was it was you can play a diamond in any way. You could have four quite sort of defensive minded midfielders in there if you wanted, but it, it went um, very attacking, probably a little bit too attacking really, um, but. As I say, it was a bit of a gamble and it did end up paying off because mm. he got a point out of it. And uh, the two up front, which has been which, which has been called for quite a lot. You know, obviously we've not recorded since Frankie McAvoy's had any games in charge. So these this is the first kind of look for us to talk about uh, Frankie McAvoy's time in charge um, in terms of games anyway. And obviously I'm kind of breaking the chronological order slightly. But he has gone with two up front in all three games so far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's been called for quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think I think it's been fairly successful so far. It, it's been... You, you can see why he's done it, at yeah. least. I think, as a caretaker manager, we spoke about this in the last podcast mm. leading up to McAvoy's first games in charge. And we were saying as a caretaker coach or an interim head coach or whatever you are coming in, You've got to make a statement. You've got to change something. You've yeah. got that job, not because Alex Neal had gone leaving for another job. It's because he'd been sat because of poor results. Because yeah. so something a, was going wrong. Yeah. So as, a, as an interim, you cannot just keep doing what the last guy do. You have to come in. and One, you want to make your own impact, but you've got mm. to make a statement somehow about yourself, um, whether it's a change of formation, a tactics, or suddenly trying to change him from building into the back or launching it or whatever. Just do something totally different than what you've been doing. And I think, you know, with McAvoy's statement was to play two up front, you know, like, are you playing to the gallery slightly? Maybe. Mm. You you know, it's what the fans want. I think you you read a lot, why can't we play 4-4-2? Now, a lot lot of teams don't, a lot of teams don't play 4-4-2 anymore, but that was a sort of, that's what people would like to see. They'd like to see wingers. Sometimes you do need to play yeah, to the gallery yeah. as well. And, well, you know, so I think there has been a little bit on that, you know, yeah. but there's a need. They weren't scoring goals. They're mm. still not you know, scoring mm. a lot, but you, you want to try and do something. Um, and 
you know, when later game we've had we've had three five two since you know this one. We'll move on to that, but yep. you know, kept the two up front, um, and I, I you know, it, it, I think it's worth persevering with, and it's something you're going to see two up front all the way through the season. Mm. Um, whether you can change it around a little bit in personnel, We've got Chad Evans and Emil Reeves so far. Um, I'm actually I was really you know before. Before the Norwich side, you know, when when we talked, you know, when we talked on the podcast, you know, before uh, the Norwich game, writing in the paper, writing on the website, I always thought Reese was one who was going to benefit. You know, when mm. you list the players who might benefit from a new manager coming in, he seemed to have fallen out of not fallen out of favour. Probably, well, I don't know. Alex Neil wanted one up front. That was yeah. going to be Chad Evans to sort of. Battered, battered the it was almost a rut or the something, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. Like. And I think I think Reese was always going to be one who could come in and benefit from it. Now he's come in, he's done okay actually. I think uh, um, he was a little bit unlucky, I thought, to be taken off on on Saturday. But um, I think he, he you know, he's been a willing runner. He's worked, and sometimes with a partnership, you need to stick at it for a few mm. games rather than this. He comes in, doesn't score, well, we'll take him out the side, we'll try something else. Sometimes you do have to have a little bit of perseverance. Mm. So uh, I asked, I kind of asked Frankie about that in the, the last press conference, saying that do you, do you need to give them time to get to know each other, get to know the patterns, things like that, in this too. Mm. And he, he was kind of saying, like, well, they kind of they already know each other, and he, he, he almost expects, maybe he expects more than what he's seen, he's yeah. seen so far, because his, his, his reply was kind of that, you know, they should already know how each yeah. other wants to play, but I, I just, in a match day scenario, that's completely different to what they're used to in training. Yeah. And and he did say that, obviously, in the past, they have played two up front, mm-hmm. but to do it so consistently, and, and I think, especially with a bit more, in my opinion, impetus on being more attacking, mm-hmm. I think this is a different scenario to, to judge them on than, yeah. than what's gone in the past. Yeah, because play, playing is, you know, like Evans and Reese as a two. Mm. I think it was very rarely had they started mm. together. Think about Evans only arrived in January, and, you know, during January, didn't he? Reese was here before that, but it tended to be one or the other, you know. And Reese's best spell was in the first month or oh, so was, than, yeah. that he joined anyway, yeah. so. The, the, so I, I, do, I just think Reese needs that confidence of a goal, you know. Mm. I think when, when he gets the ball, you're never quite sure what he's going to do next, which I quite like in a player sometimes, <laughs> you know, he's not predictable, sometimes he can, like we saw on Saturday, you know, perfect, you know, ball, ball lands at his feet and he, he completely miskicked yeah. it and, and, and missed it, but yeah. other times he, he got something about him, you know. So or he goes uh, through one-on-one and, yeah, and fluffs his lines. Yeah, but you know, but there's other stuff, you know, like you, you alluding to that first month he was here, he was going slalom in past people. Yeah, yeah. Great to watch. He, yeah. He frightened, like, QPR's defence, you frightened. It, it was exactly death. what everyone was was yeah. hoping he'd come in and do. Every what mm. everyone was wanting from a yeah. strike, someone who's willing to do it all himself. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I mean, hopefully that mm-hmm. gets better. But as we as we're talking about the three five two, we'll segue into the uh, second game of Easter. Your your nice trip and stay over at, at Swansea, Swansea, which yeah. I'm sure would have been a lot less. Satisfactory had North End not won. Yeah, they they played really well, you know, and it, it was they scored the winner in the 90, 91st minute, you know, and I was thinking, you know, 87, 88, looking at it, I thought, well, it's a decent point, you mm. know, like they've played really well. You know, like worst case scenario at the start of Frankie McAvoy's era was the doomsday scenario was three defeats over, yeah. you know, the, the East and it was and entirely Brentford, possible. which was, you know, against three sides in the top four, you mm. know, which is entirely possible. 
And here was here was me, you know, go, going into the closing stage at uh, Swansea, thinking, yeah, point at Norwich. You know, they've played really well today. Um, take a point here, two points. It's not, it's not, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's it not could that. be worse. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. And then Matt Grimes scores an own goal <laughs> in the 90, 91st minute. Very and kind of him. You might have heard my cheer back in Preston from, <laughs> from down there. Just pure relief, you know. But it was, it was a reward for a good performance, you know, like... Um, it was a you know another long throwing from Tom Barkays, mm, which has been used quite a lot yeah, since Frankie's yeah been in charge. Clear, cleared out. Ben Whiteman had a shot which got deflected into Sinclair's path. Sinclair at close range shot was blocked by the keeper, but as it came off the keeper, it hit Matt Grimes on the on the mm. legs and, and went in. So uh, happy days. That's one, what you get for nil. tracking back, Matt. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. bother next time. Yeah, he was just running back towards his own goal. He couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how they go in, you know, yeah. like it, it was just it was utter joy in it and they deserve one nil win, you know. Yeah, it was it was a good performance throughout mm. really. I know yeah. Swansea haven't been in the greatest of form. No. But I think the the three five two and the way Northam went about it, they were positive, they were aggressive, they were on the front foot, and it was just it was just so much better to watch, if mm-hmm. if nothing else, because mm-hmm. so much of this season has just been tough to watch. It's just been difficult at times just to follow North End, mm-hmm. and it, at least it, even if it ended in a draw, mm-hmm. you'd come away going, "Well, they went for that," yeah. and, and I enjoyed seeing them try and seeing them be positive. Yeah. At least it was interesting with the lineup as well. Beforehand, I, I had it down as a sort of bit of a lopsided four-four-two formation, and mm. then they came out and having set Van der Berg as, as a right wing back, mm. you know, he's playing out of position as right <laughs> back at the moment. Now asking him to do that extra job of going up the pitch as well because mm. the attacking side of it isn't his strength, but. Him and Barkhazen were very good at, at wing backs, uh, at, you know, at Swansea, you know, and the, the, the three centre half partnership story, Lindsay and Hughes, I thought was nicely balanced. Mm. And, and that was just a good performance. I think he made substitutes at the right time. We talked about Reese before. He kept him on till about 75 or so, wasn't it? And then I think they put um, Sinclair on for him and then they mm. brought Malumbi on um, for Potts, I think it was, just afterwards. Uh, there was quite a telling moment uh, at Swansea, Tom. Um, the press box where the, the written reporters are, you, you split into two press boxes at Swansea, radio reporters and TV crews are at the back. Mm-hmm. And we're like halfway, you were at the sort of front of the top tier, so just above where, where the dugouts are. And you get a really good view of the pitch. If it rains, it's dreadful. <laughs> you, just, you, know, you, you, you get rained on in your laptop, electrocution and things like that. <laughs> but it was a nice day, it was cold. But, but you're right on top of the North End, you know, right above the North End dugout. And it's, it's great watching them all in action. And um, Malumbi had come on as a sub. And one of his first things, he got, he got a pass, someone knocked, I think the Vandenberg just knocked it inside to him on, on the halfway line. And, uh, you know, intending him to go forward. And Malumbi's first pass was just a little sideways ball in, a bit of a too safe a pass. And the North End dugout straight away, Jay, Jay, what are you doing? He's forward, you know, and there was a real determination. If you're going to get the ball in midfield, we want this ball passing forward all mm. the time. You know, even if it's only 10 yards forward, but the, that that's changed, you know. Yeah. It's not just that little safe ball across you know, and uh, that that was really telling for me actually. Mm. Just as an aside, and being fortunate to be there and watch it, you yeah. know, it was 
that was just telling that you know they weren't they, they were the wayside here. They were nil nil, seventy five minutes, fifteen minutes to go. Probably thinking, yeah, it would be a decent point if we got one here. But the bench were urging them on. You know, they'll get you know, forward passes, forward passes here. You know, the 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 bench knew they had the momentum. You mm. know, let, let's take advantage of that. Carry on pushing forward. I think it's quite interesting as well how animated Frankie McAvoy yeah, is know, yeah. because you don't see it too much. I mean, I think Alex Neal was quite reserved in general on the touchline. It, it wasn't if he was having a go at officials or whatever. He'd generally just do it in their ear. It wouldn't be anything too. Over the top, yeah. <laughs> Frankie really gets stuck in, and to be honest, I think it's it's nice to see in a way. You know, it's not that you know he, he stepped up and he really is being this this head coach. He's kicking every ball, he's getting involved, he's wanting every inch for his team, and I think that's good. Yeah, it was. I tell you, Tom. You know, just go back to. It. I don't want to bore you to death here, but <laughs> just. Part what was happening in the technical area for me with my seat mm. was a bit of a ringside view. It was mm. just as good as what was going on. No, it's on the it's pitch. good insight. And few people can. You had the two benches. It. Steve Cooper, the uh, Swansea head coach, he's no shrinking violet. He'll mm. have his say on the sidelines, you know, and his backroom staff does. They had poor old Sam Allison, the fourth official, <laughs> apparently a lovely fella, but my word, he was getting it from both sides. And Peter Banks was a referee who's been promoted to the Premier League this year. He's one of the more experienced refs. And a few times he was having to come down mm. personally over to the bench and just say, right, glad, just calm down. You know, he's a scouser, you know, he's like, calm down, calm down. It wasn't that bad, but it was, it was like, you know, you, you got to calm down here, all of you. You know, I think the fourth, fourth had sort of, you know, Get like, earache. whispered it through on the <laughs> mic, you know, can you come and give me a bit of a hand over here sort of thing. And, and, and Banks came over and he wasn't stupid about it. He'd come down a lot. Go on, lads, I appreciate it. it's a big match, but you've got to calm down a little bit. Mm. And there's one in the second half. Someone had a shot. I don't know if M players had a shot. And it hit uh, Jay Fulton, mm. the number six, flush in the face in mm. the box. Absolutely in the mush. <laughs> no offenders, you do. Handball! You know, like, appeal handball. And, like, uh, the players just got, you know, appealed, got on with it when they realised. And Jay Fulton, who was down, holding his face, you know, it, it hurt. <laughs> it really had, you know, it was a powerful shot. And, like... Uh, Frankie and Steve Thompson, like Pollitt and Galley on the bench. Ambor, got to be Ambor. How's he not given that? And then I think one of the analysts, you know, they shouted down or, you know, signaled down. I've got it on the replay. It was like <laughs> full in the flush. Yeah, Frank said, sorry, guys. If, if, if anyone can make a mistake, can't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was uh, apologising, I think, uh, after the Swansea bench and after the fourth official. Sorry, guys, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, can't no, promise it won't happen again, but this yeah, one, this one, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll you know, with the technical area, you know, the, the behaviour in the technical area, like a bit of passion. You don't mm. like it taken to the extent where, you know, sort of Steve Evans and Paul Rayner <laughs> at Gillingham <laughs> do, who just made it into complete dark art. Yes. But you want a little bit of passion there because other, mm. ma other managers, are in the fourth officials mm. all the time mm. and you do think sometimes it can go against you when you know if, if you're too quiet but um but i think it's good that whatever happens with frankie mcavoy whether he gets a job whether he doesn't he's giving it that passion at the mm. moment and it's fine you know he you know he's he, he's doing his best for north end you know like and if that's if that's being vocal on the touchline and, you know, having a bit yeah. of a chip away. If that's the way he official, shows it, yeah. You know, fair enough, you know. So yeah. uh, And I, I know it's a bit of a mute point at the moment, but mm. even when fans are in the ground, to see a manager mm. maybe getting a bit carried away here and there, yeah. the fans see that and can, can almost respect it at times and, and it keeps them yeah. enthused because they know everyone 
on the on pitch level is caring as much as they do and all that sort yeah. of stuff. I, I think it, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. And, and as you say, Alex was Alex Neil was quite a calm, well, mm. not calm, wrong word, but a lot of his frustration was with himself or his own players. Throw the water what about down. Yeah. He'd, have, <laughs> he'd have a shout at his own team, but unless there was a very big contentious decision, he tended to keep himself sort of fairly you know keep his feelings to himself on on the opposition you know so Simon Grayson before he was quite a calm character I thought you know yeah. didn't, didn't really get himself involved in a lot like that so um you know but I, I remember Tom you know I'm going to show me age I remember when <laughs> managers just sat in the dugout and it was literally a, a sort of box where he sat in and you never saw him yeah. you know they didn't they didn't have a technical area it was just by the side of the pitch you know and like uh used to have a fag in the, you know, in the, you know, d- during the game and watch it, you know, and uh, then they'd appear out of this rabbit hutch at 90 minutes, yeah. shake hands and off they go, you know. <laughs> Not, none of this sort of, you know, with, with nine subs and a sort of massive, you know, um, backroom back yeah. staff behind you. It was nothing like that. Yeah. So, uh, Maurizio Sarri had that problem at Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, he, ended up, he ended up chewing on cigarettes because he couldn't, he could smoke him in Italy in, in Napoli. They were right to smoke on the touchline and he couldn't yeah. In, yeah. Uh, in England. But you, you, you get to that point, though. Swansea game's finished. Mm-hmm. Four points from those two fixtures. You think we couldn't have asked for any better. There's there's Norwich, they rode the luck a little bit. Yeah. And they get a goal and they come away with a result. Mm-hmm. Swansea, they play very well and get their mm-hmm. just desserts in the end. Mm-hmm. You see a clear improvement and a change of style, a change of approach. And, and again, that's an improvement on Frankie McAvoy's part as well as the playing performance that was improved. That Easter weekend, you, you you couldn't really ask for much more, no. could you, from a North? Especially no. considering the way the season's gone so far. Yeah. To, to turn those in at, in such a short space of time, the, the the style was so much different, all those sorts of things. It was exactly what PNE fans wanted, really, it wasn't was, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, it was a good Easter weekend, mm. you know, coupled with a few Easter eggs and, uh, <laughs> you know, so... Uh, I didn't realise. Yeah. Apparently, rolling Easter eggs is quite unique to Preston. It's, it's Preston thing, mate. I, d- I didn't Park. know that. No, no, no. I didn't know that. You, you you say that to any other town, and they look at you strange. I think I think Wigan might do. I think really, but, but no, I had no pr- idea. They, you know, like you, you speak to people anywhere out of Preston, it's like they look at you like you got two eggs. I just assumed it was a thing. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no. I saw it on social media, and I was like, no, no way. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, you know, with Avenham Park's big natural thing <laughs> yeah. where you used to roll them down, you know, rolling yeah. them down the stairs, yeah, so. Yeah, blew my mind, that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and uh, Galley was resurrected. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. he? Brought back onto the bench for a... In- interesting with Galley, yeah, there was all this, yeah, he's going to be, you know, like, not concentrating he's on coach. the coaching. Yeah. Not, not, uh, not um, you know, not playing and everything. And then, lo and behold, second game, <laughs> yeah. he's back on the bench. Now, it was needs must, and what I did notice, he was... He took the warm up and on but didn't take part in it. On mm. the bench, he was wearing his trainers. He yeah. wasn't wearing football boots. And he, he was di- wearing the coaching staff so, darker yeah. Yeah. tracksuits. From what he? I could see he had white socks on under his trainers. He wouldn't have the blue ones on. So I, I I think he was there very much by name as a substitute. Maybe mm. if they had needed him, you know, he could have got himself warmed up and everything. But it was very much a case of we were a bit short of players the moment they got Lewis Coulton came up from the youth team to mm-hmm. sort of sit on the bench Louis Malt came back for his first one and Galley was the other you know I'm, I'm sure if Galley had been needed he, he could have put him on but to me he didn't look like he was 
a substitute yeah, if you know wasn't what considering I mean. it. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Worth a, worth a mention for Louis Malt as well. Yeah. Nice to see him back on the bench, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, he, you know, and he, he again he was against Brentford as well. Um, probably a little bit. He I spoke to him last week actually. He thought it was a little bit. He said he's fit, mm. he's ready to go, but he wasn't expecting his chance this early. You know, so he's grateful for it. He's been back in training uh, about four or five weeks now. Probably, I think he was training about a week prior to him making it public that he was training again. You know, so he, he, he he's you know, well down the line now, he's ready to come on. Um, I suppose at the moment, this isn't the ideal moment to throw him on. If they've been 3 mm. nil up against Swansea, you might have been right, go and get yourself five minutes at the end or something. But, um, you know, maybe if they can get him, get those points they need quite quickly towards the end of the season, you can get him out there for 20 minutes at the end of games or whatever. But no, no, it was just great to see him back. And ironically, Back, his first game mm. on the bench was down at Swansea, where he got that horrendous injury nineteen months ago. Yeah. You know, so uh, re- you know it was really, you know, he said that was a big, a big thing for him. Apparently, he'd rung home and told, "Oh, I'm going to be on the bench," sort of thing. And I think a few few people he told were going, "Oh, we're going to be all right about that." You know, it's Swansea, a big psychological thing. But he, he said in his own way, it was a blessing in disguise. He got it, got it out of the way. Mm. He didn't need to think about next season going back to Swansea. Oh, I'm going back to Swansea next season or whatever or in the future. And all that brought with it. Yeah, you know that's out of the way now. You mm. know that 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 sort of visit to where you suffered the injury is gone. You mm. know, well, done dusted. And we won't dwell on it too long. But mm. where does he fit in? Well, is he is it him or Chad Evans? Because he is that foil type of of, yeah. of striker. He's really, a link, isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he, at the moment, I think. Any football he gets at the yeah. moment is going to be a bonus. You're not going to drop Evans at the moment for mm-hmm. it or drop Reese for him at the moment. But and he's not going to get ahead of no. Maguire or Sinclair. No, no. But you, you've got to think his only football in 19 months was a 60 minute bounce game um, against the other players. You know, an inter squad game during the international break. That's his first sort of set of competitive action. You know, the North End not having the reserves and whatnot. You, you can't get mm. him back out there. Um, you know, for some match practice. So, but yeah, at the moment, I don't think he can genuinely be considered as like, you know, oh yeah, he's, a, you know, he's, um, he's going to be putting pressure on Evans or he's going to be putting pressure on yeah. Reese or someone, pressure on Maguire. <clears throat> he is what he is. He, he's there on the bench, ready to come on, you know, and play a part if needs be, I think. You at know, least he's it's back. It's a bonus, yeah, at least yeah. he's back because, you know, we, we he, he said himself, there were dark days when I wondered would I get back from it. You re- reading fans' comments on social media over the last six months. Oh, we're never going to see him again. You know when when was he going to be back? You know he'll never kick a ball again. You know, mm. but here he is at least back in the in the first in contention. So, mm. and we'll move on to the Brentford game. Do we have to? Because we have. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. No. because we have. We're to. Contractu- <laughs> contractually obliged, aren't we? To, um, uh, so no, it's, it's five it's, nil, and uh, coming from the Swansea game. Uh, when it was all dead attack and all this sort of stuff, which the 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 attempt was there, the you know the the idea was there, mm-hmm. one shot on target from North End, mm-hmm. uh, and a five nil yeah. loss at home, yeah. which is the first time I think it was about twenty eight nineteen years that they conceded five at home. I think yeah, it was something like yeah, that against Stockport. No, Wimbledon, 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 Wimbledon five, that was three. it. Yeah, was well, it it's a big. It's the first time they've been beaten by five. 5-0 scoreline at home since 1973. Mm. They have conceded five at home in the meantime, but they've always got sort of one or two in between. I think Mansfield, you know, the season they went down under John Beck, got beat 5-1 by Mansfield at home. I can remember them getting beat 6-3 by Chester in the uh, in the mid-80s. So, But no, um, it was... 
It was a it was a strange old game. I thought first half they give it a right go. I quite enjoyed that first half, but they were undone by two similar goals, and that they both came down North End's left, yeah, uh, Brentford's right. Both involved the um, the wing back, the Danish wing back, getting getting free down that side. You know, mm-hmm. good, good passes releasing him. Roslev. Roslev. He's like he's a bit, his name's a bit he's a he's similar to um to Emil Reese in that he's got a f- another surname, is it Rasmussen or something? Uh yes, Ra- Ras- Rasmussen. Rasmussen, but he, he he drops his last name to use a sort of middle name, a bit like Reese Jacobson. He drops a Jacobson because it's a common Danish name and uses his I think it's a mother's name in in the middle, I think. So right, okay. so that's that's why sometimes on team sheets you see these Danish players or Norwegian players with a slightly different, you know, you see him referred to on some databases with a full proper name, and then mm. you'll see others where the, you know, a lot of the time you see Re- Emil Reese referred to as Emil Reese Jacobson, you know, yeah. but we know him as Emil Reese, and it, it's the same with this lad anyway. But um, no, but Brentford's right wing back, 19 uh, year old Danish guy, um, set up both first goals, you know, got, you know, both first and second goals with. Uh, Similar tight crosses. Um, low, it gets to the touchline, yeah. low cross, and then it's yeah. just turned in, isn't it? And they were probably there two chances on target in the whole yeah. of the first half. They were. But, um, and so half-time you thought, it, it's going to be difficult to get back into it. And they almost came against the runner player, it yeah. felt like, in the game. North End mm. were doing all right, and, yeah. and then Brentford come forward and yeah. bang. And you're like, all right, well. But then I thought, early second half, I thought North End are going to come out with a fight here, yeah. The first the few minutes of the f- second half, Brentford were absolutely... They've been told, right, go yeah. for a third quickly. Well, and, and you know, Everson had to spread himself to make a mm. block and do a couple of other shots. And uh, Brentford really start, took the wind out of North End sails and I think it set the scene for the rest of the, the, rest of the second half. Brentford were quite scared almost, especially because North End had done it to them earlier in the season mm-hmm. where they were, Brentford were 2-0 up and North yeah. End came back. And it's mm-hmm. been... Because um, I, I, lis- I always listen to the away commentary because yeah. I'm biased enough, I don't need to hear the North End commentary, yeah. but they also hear extra things about the the um, the other team. Mm-hmm. Although um, having a former Blackpool player on, on, on the uh, commentary who was absolutely loving North End getting beat wasn't exactly uh, yeah, yeah. Ben ideal. Burgess, was it? Yeah. yeah. He yeah. played at Brentford, didn't he? Is that why yeah, like they had him on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, Brentford were, were almost scared that throughout this season they they were saying that they've very rarely been a ninety minute side. Right. So they were quite cautious that if they don't sort of live up, I think as well because of the showing that North End had done in that first half, if they didn't turn up properly in the second half, they they'd cause themselves some problems. And it's getting to the stage now where they are almost they're getting closer and closer to being guaranteed a playoff place mm-hmm. and not those automatics and their record in the playoffs is terrible like so they're, they're, yeah so they're scared of that as well mm-hmm. so i think they've come out and he's gone you know we need to get start putting in 90 minute performances all this sort of stuff and they just came on the, on north end like a ration mm-hmm. and and it was very hard north end needed a reaction early on in that second half and then brentford completely prevented that yeah. by by almost one upping them in that respect yeah and then once the game wore down, once the game opened up again, like the first half, they were just quite yeah. clinical and yeah. they can take the chances because they have that quality. I think what Brentford, you know, rarely if a side with two 0 up at uh, in an away game, rarely do you see him coming out like a half on mm. fire for the start of the second half. Normally, the start of the second half is uh, keep it tight, kill the game, mm. anything but they were going through it. 
North End made his triple change, which again, something Alex Neal used to get criticised for, not using his subs early enough. Mm, five minutes. Frank, Frankie used it 53-54. It was mm. probably a little bit too gunko, really. Someone remarked to me that had that game been under Alex Neal, North End would have lost it 2-0, maybe 3 yeah. But, you know, the it was like against Rovers at home when they got beat 3-0. Mm, mm. And he told him, hadn't he, almost, don't go chasing a consolation yeah. or don't... You're not going to get back into this. You're playing rubbish today sort of thing. Yeah. And damage limitation. Yeah, almost. it was a damage limit. And he got criticised for that. Now, again, maybe it was a bit playing to the gallery or it's more in McAvoy's makeup. He wanted to go for it a little bit. So he made this triple sub. Chain system sort of took took Liam Lindsay off as one of the defenders. You've got mm. a bit of a bang on the head anyway. Oh, right, okay. But, okay. Um, I did wonder. Yeah, but, you know, went to a 4-3-3 and it, it, more of a narrow 4-3-3. And he said it would... Gordon and Sinclair playing close to Evans. He said he wanted to put pressure on their three centre halves, one of who was a midfielder, wasn't it? Mm. Norgard normally plays in midfield. Yep. Bit of a tale about that one after. But it didn't work and it just handed the initiative to Brentford. You know, Brentford must have thought, we're in, uh, we're, yeah. in we're in like, you know, like funfair land here, you yeah. know, like we've got suddenly there was so much more space to play in. And as you say, stay two nearly what, seventy sixth minute, wasn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. But that last 15 minutes, it was watching through, hand over the face, wasn't it? Yeah. Watching through a gap. It was just wave fingers. after wave after you wave. Because the, mm. the, the, the change of formation not only hindered them defensively, yeah. I think it hindered them in an attacking Everywhere. sense as yeah. well. I didn't, we, didn't offer, get out. we didn't offer anything yeah. attacking-wise after that yeah. change. I thought Gordon, for his popularity, was poor. Mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't get involved into the game. I thought Sinclair was poor. Mm-hmm. I thought... It wasn't Evans' best game I would have left. If I was going to take one of the strikers off, I might have taken him off and left Reese on. Yeah. Uh, maybe they wanted Evans more as a sort of foil for the other two. But th- there was no supply to him, was there? You know, like Brown was playing in the 10 behind him and didn't really get in there. And poor but Tom Barquet's in at left back. Yeah, well, you look at the defence as well. The defence which finished... Set Vandenberg, yeah, he's been playing right back a lot of his time at North End, but he's a centre-half. And he had a bit of a stinker. Yeah, he did. So he's at right back. Mm. Jordan Story's one player playing in position. There's your one. Yeah, Andrew Hughes next to him, I think he's very good in a three. Yeah. Left of a three, I think he balances that really well. And he's a decent left back, but he's not a, he's not a left wing back. But as in as a left-sided in a two. Positionally predict- is his problem, and yeah. it gets more exposed yeah. when there's less there. Yeah, when there's, when there's three of them there, I think he fits in really nicely. But mm. as a two, probably not his game. He's got the height and everything, but yep. the height wasn't the problem on, on this you know, on this game. And then you had Tom Barkhausen playing at left-back, you know, sort of. It's one thing asking him to play as a wing-back on that side. But as a sort of as a left back, you know, it was like playing Josh Ginelli that time yeah. know, against Hull. As know, a guy so. who's out of yeah. form anyway, yeah. and then you yeah. you task him to play left back against Brentford, and he looked absolutely shot at as well. Mm. You know, like I saw that running across the pitch to take his long throws. You know, yeah, <laughs> just one we got a long throw in the second half over on in front of us down in the on and the that's a lot of exertion side. as well and he was over on the other side and he just looked at it he sort of thought, oh my god you yeah. know like better yeah. get over there and take take a throw you know but um, a, lot of, a lot of exertion yeah. in those long throws as well it'll take a bit yeah. out of him but you're looking at that 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 four that four defence who we've just had a mm. look at there playing against Tony mm-hmm. playing against and Buemo, and Buemo. Sergio Canos yeah you know like Marcondes coming on yeah. it was like and and it, that that last spell you know like it was 
it was too easy. You yeah, know, it? it was easy pickings, wasn't F- it? Foss, who really impressed me, the number 24. Mm. I thought he was ex-Oxford player, I think they got him from, didn't they? Uh, uh, yeah, Henry. yeah it was, um, yes. he really impressed yes. me. He was given the freedom of Deepdale to sort of um, get down that left side, wasn't he? And he mm. beat Vandenberg. And he just sat one up to the far post where there's a 28-goal striker <laughs> unmarked. Six yard header, you know, yeah. just nodded in. He's his goal he scored all season. Yeah. Tony then sets up Canos, doesn't he, for a mm. tap in? And yeah, then did well uh, there to be. And another yeah, just low yeah. cross from a from yeah. slightly wider the box. And then like the third, the, the fifth one was like Canos sliding in Marcondes nice to the slight side yeah. of goal, you know, and he just yeah. went for power and it hit Everson on the way in. So, yeah. uh, so the, basically, first off, I thought North End were a little bit unfortunate. Second off, they were probably fortunate to get away with yeah. five in the end you know yeah. like yeah um, but again and then you come out of it and you look four point had if if north end had drawn against all three you go they're three good results mm-hmm. but had they done that they wouldn't have points, got as yeah. many points yeah. as a win and a draw you probably would have take you know if if, if you'd been offered it beforehand Mm. Four points, win, draw, and a defeat mm-hmm. over these three games. You probably have accepted that. Yeah. What you wouldn't have wanted was a five-nil defeat there. If it had been two-nil to Brentford, you thought, well, and I think the timing is yeah. interesting as well. Had it started with a five-nil, and then you've got a draw and a, res- yeah. and, and a win off the back of it to kind of put it to bed, that's all right. But where we are now, we're going into the next game off the back yeah. of a five-nil. But so just think what it would have been like if you know Frankie McAvoy's first game in charge mm. on the back of three defeats and then had been a five-nil drubbing like that. It would have yeah. been, you know, that that could have absolutely you know shot at you know shot them really but no so but you know i don't think it's um it's it's not a bad return the five nil though you know is it's not what you wanted it dents a goal difference you know mm. might dent confidence as well um but it, it's interesting though um i was watching thomas frank's interview last night and he was saying that it was first time they played three five two this season. They changed it round, but what they did, they put Norgard in as a normal midfielder, put him in between the two centre halves, and it was actually a suggestion from the dressing room. Pontus Janssen and him and one or two other players said, "Why don't we go three five two to Thomas Frank?" And I can watch Thomas Frank all day. He's like this slightly eccentric looking. Mm. Uh, he looks like an art dealer, doesn't <laughs> he? You can imagine him moosing around, um, yeah. you know, like art galleries in in Vienna. You know, sort or of obscure antique shops. Yeah, and looks like, like Phil that. Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, now that's a look. Yeah, wow. but, but anyway, but um, but Frank, he, he talks a lot of sense and. Uh, he was saying the players came with him, you know, look, if you're looking for a solution, why don't we try a 3-5-2 for a, mix it up? They'd had four draws on the bounce, mm. hadn't they? Like, mm-hmm. Let's do something different. Now, I think they expected him just to put another centre-half in with Janssen and... Um, who's that uh, Pinnock. Pinnock, yeah, yeah. But in the end, he just dropped a midfield in there. I mean, he can bring it out. And what he did, he played two very attacking wing-backs, mm. you know, because... Uh, so someone mentioned to me on on Twitter. Well, he said, "How can we play a three-five-two when we don't have wing backs?" But does any is anyone a natural wing back these mm. days? You don't you you don't come through an academy as a wing back. You, you come no. back. You come as a winger or a full back. No one grows up wanting to be Gary Neville. No, no. <laughs> you know, like um, but you know, like more and more these days, you're getting people want to be a number ten only and things like that. But a wing back still a little bit. You've got to adapt to it and. Yeah. 
and, and and Thomas Frank was saying with his wing backs, he said we could have had low line wing backs and make it more of a five three two. But he said basically he just played two wingers as wing backs and had them bombing on. So mm. you know, it, it, for for all this sort of taking notice of what the other team are doing, Brentford did obviously look at North End three five two and said, well, let, let's try and match him there. And their three five two was a lot better than ours on the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. That's the difference at times. Sometimes you just got to hold your hand up and go. Yeah. They're a good team, yeah. and especially the, the the season North End of having mm. are having, it's mm. it's kind of easy enough to say it. Unfortunately, yeah. be interesting though that top end how that's going to finish. You know, Brent, Brent, you know, like that's uh, Norwich. Norwich are up all but in name. Watford have just gone nicely under the radar. Everyone's mm. taking all the. Norwich have taken all the attention up there. Brentford, uh, Watford have just happily slipped in second place and just stayed there. Mm-hmm. That lasted the course. They're going up in second place. But then the playoffs are going to be fascinating, and there's going to be some, you know, Barnsley have come in like head of steam, or you know, from sort of October, November onwards with this Insanity. absolutely yeah. great run. You know, like they're in there. Bournemouth in six at the moment. They just got above Reading, didn't they? They are. Yeah. It's Brentford, Swansea, Barnsley, and Bournemouth yeah. all separated from third yeah. to sixth by yeah. just five points. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with what I saw from Swansea at all mm-hmm. last week. But then they went to Millwall and won three nil. Mm. The game after, it's like after we held Norwich to a draw, they went and beat Huddersfield seven <laughs> yeah. 0 So I don't yeah. know what Brentford will do next, but it must be that insulting. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, We've lost a team yeah. like Preston. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, so but. Um, there was a meltdown after the, Nor- and also, you know, the uh-huh. Norwich fans melted down more than anyone. You know, like, style, yeah, yeah. they weren't happy with that. that anyway, but, but but that 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 playoff thing could be fascinating. You say what what's playing on Brentford's mind is that the the playoff record is awful. You mm-hmm. know, like they're really fearful. You know, they're, it, they're thinking if they have to go up, they need it to be automatic. So just think if Brentford got in with you know um, the team they've got and end up missing out, which they could, yeah, they could, you know, absolutely. But if it's them who go up, you got Bournemouth and expense, you know, held on mm. to a lot of their players. They're going to lose some this summer. Then you, I mean, you got Barnsley. Barnsley are probably in there. the best place. Aren't probably they? are on, on momentum, yeah. yeah. And like they were just this very direct side. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've nothing to they lose in no, it either. No, but no one, no one expects them to be in there. Exactly. No one wanted them to be in there, but they are. You know. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. And the, so yeah. there'll be no pressure on no. them in the playoffs. They're just there to enjoy it, and it's yeah. all the pressure on whoever they play because. Yeah. Like you say, they've got things riding on it, whether Brentford can keep the squad together, whether Bournemouth can afford to not go back up, and Swansea aren't yeah. cheap either. No. You know, and then there's there's Reading, who are currently two points out of the mm. top six. So it's going to be four of Brentford, Swansea, Barnsley, Bournemouth, Reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Reading, probably in a similar boat to Barnsley, financially probably not as pertinent for them to get promoted, although they do spend a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people were almost thinking that Swansea could fall away and out yeah. of the playoffs, but everything is just so close in there. And I think it'll make a big difference depending on where they play and who plays in the Jocelyn semi-final and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, because still, that's still all to play for. Yeah. Brentford are 73, Swansea 72, mm-hmm. Barnsley 71, then Bournemouth are 68 and Reading 66. Mm-hmm. So a win, and Bournemouth have a game in hand on Barnsley. Yeah. So a win takes them up into fifth, which means Brentford have then got to play Barnsley, mm-hmm. which I think will be really interesting because of all the... All the eyes are on Brentford for yeah. making sure they get up. Barnsley are this sort of plucky underdog that have just mm. been flying, and they've you know, and I think that'd be a really interesting yeah. semi-final for me oh, anyway. Yeah, and I think they, they released the playoff dates today. They're a little bit late, you know. The season finishes on the eighth, and I think they're not starting the playoffs till a week after. And I think 
they might be able to get a limited number of supporters in both legs, certainly in the second leg, mm. which that, that could make a difference. You know, if mm. a team was going to Barnsley or something and, you know, like, you know, they got a few in Oakwell and whatever, yeah, it, could, yeah. it could be really interesting. Who feel like they're lucky to, to yeah. have avoided a relegation battle and next thing they're in a they're in the playoffs. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, that's some, that's some good. But as well, I think Brentford's quite a small stadium, so mm-hmm. whatever percentage of fans they have in will... Seem like more, yeah. Because uh, you you were mentioning that at Luton, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. But thing is, I think I think Brentford might lose something. We're going to the new place, you know. Like Griffin Park used to be the architectural mm. close to the pitch, still had terracing. The new stadium's a little bit nice, mm-hmm. you know, and a bit like, too nice. Yeah, you know, uh, concrete and and whatnot. So, uh, but um, but that's at the top end and yeah. north end. We're we're it, sort of we've always. These last three seasons, we've always talked at one point in the season about the playoffs, mm. so not to be anywhere near it and to be too near the other end of the table, yeah. just a bit of a change, really. Yeah, hopefully um, it doesn't last too long. Yeah, but you, you look at it now, what are they on, 48 points now? Mm. They, we're, yeah. I think they'll be all right. I'd still like yeah. another win. I'd still, if they could get to 51, 52 points very soon, I'd like that. Um, we're looking... I think it's got to me. It's going to be three of the bottom four going down. The current mm. bottom four. I think Coventry have got dragged into it. I think Birmingham have done well recently. I think the, the appointment to Lee Bowyer there has yeah. sort of uh, galvanised them. Came just at the right time. Um, Rovers are tumbling. Yeah, yeah. Huddersfield are as well. Mm. But I can Rotherham play. We're recording this Monday. Yep. Rotherham play Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Yep. Now their game on Thursday is against Coventry. So they could cut each other's throat there and a draw would just take points off each other. Or if Rotherham win, that drags Coventry even further in. If mm. Coventry win, that lifts them that little bit more and drops Rotherham back in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, these four games in hand for Rotherham is muddy in the waters, isn't it? Where could you realistically see them putting such a good run together? I think yeah. not. I, I find think. it. I find it hard to see that yeah. six teams are going to go above PNE between now yeah. and the next five games. Yeah. I'd rather North End need to do it themselves. Or yeah. not, you know, let's not rely on what anyone else is doing. Go out, get the job. Go to Stoke. Yeah, get something there. You don't really. <laughs> You don't really want to be going to Coventry, you know, like mm. uh, desperately needing something on the twenty fifth, you know, like because they'd be needing something as well, you know. So, you know, the you know, I think another win, you know, would would make them pretty much safe. I think they are, you know, it's a bit bold to say. I think they are safe now, but yeah, I'd still like, I'd still like another winner, you know, another few points. And yeah. I think anyway, you just want to finish this. You don't want to stumble over. Mm. You don't. You don't want to get to Forest. The last game of the season, having won one of your last yeah. however many games. I've been is. wanting this season to finish for so long, yeah. and then with the change of management and the change of style slightly, going a bit more attacking, I was almost like, "Oh, this isn't mm. you know, this is all right. I can yeah. watch this." Yeah. And then I don't want that to peter out as well. Like, I, you want yeah. something. It's gonna be. It's gonna feel like a while mm-hmm. for the season to be over and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I know there's a Euros, whatever, but mm-hmm. you want to you want to just give something to almost tide you over yeah. for a bit and just yeah. kind of. You don't want to murder yeah. the end of the season. Yeah, flip flops well, on. They've done that in the past, though. I suppose. One thing I've written today for the paper, well, for tomorrow's paper and for the website is they've only won five at home this season. Now, in a forty-six game season, the lowest number of wins they've had is seven at home. Right at Deepdale, um, they did that quite. Re- they did it in the re-election season, eighty-five, eighty-six. Then they've done it 
2010-11 when they got relegated. But then they've done it quite recently. The first season up in the championship um, mm. on the Grayson when they finished mm. the 11th, they only won seven. And then, you know, um, I think there's one other time since, you know, like that's, that's been it, you know. So North End, to, do, to, to equal the lowest number of home wins in a season, we need to win the last two at home, you know. So... They won six in 1955-56, but it was a 42-game season then, you know. So, uh, so they basically, they, they do still need, you know, they need to beat Derby and they need to beat um, Barnsley at home just to equal that seven, you know, the seven wins at home. Poor season or impact of no fans? Bit of both. Mm. I think they have missed the fans. When you look at it, the... It sounds like I'm a stato here, but I'm fresh <laughs> from writing it uh, this morning that... Up until lockdown, they'd won 11 and drawn three of the home matches and lost five, which were pretty decent at home. They were, they were, they were strong at home. Yeah. Then the, the four restart home matches, they only won one. You know, like I think they got beat by Derby and Car- Cardiff as well. Yeah. They drew with Forest and then beat Birmingham. And then it carried on into this season. Lost the first five at home. Didn't, didn't win until they beat Chef Wednesday. So just just five wins at home. Yet away, nine wins. Yeah. There's only four teams who have won more than them away yeah. this season. You know, others have got a lot more draws as well. Because North End of all, we only had the two all draw at Norwich in the uh, away like, this season. It's nine one ten away. It was bright and sunny and, and yeah. like summertime then, weren't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Back in September, was all on. But but the, you know, like the the nine away wins has only been bettered by a couple of the top two, and uh, I think I think Cardiff have matched it as well. You know, but you know, mm. only four, only four other teams have got there. Uh, shows the difference. But one one, it's been a poor season, and two, mm. I think they have missed the fans. People will say, oh, Deepdale is it's not rocking like, you know, mm. some grounds does, but they do seem to like, you know, mm. like the, the fans Certainly do play a part, you know, yeah. I do, I think they do. Yep. And uh, we'll we'll touch on Stoke in a second, we'll go to that. But first, a uh, bit of breaking news for us today as we record this on uh, Monday, early mm. Monday afternoon, is uh, a new two-year deal for Chad Evans. Yeah, yeah, came a bit out of the blue, that, mm. but... Um, it was. It felt like it was always going to happen. It was just a case yeah. of kind of when, because the way he was playing, it yeah. felt like mm-hmm. you can't not keep him around. No. Well, the f- the thing was, he signed from on loan from Fleetwood, didn't mm. he? In 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 January, and then when they got seven loan players and they needed to whittle it down to five, he sort of negotiated with him, you know, and got him on a permanent deal till the end of the season. But it was still the same length of deal, you know. Yep. But it was just, you know, rather than a loan, it was a a permanent. But you know he he started now. I think four, he took he had two games off the bench, and then he started the last fourteen. You know he's like constant, doesn't he? So he 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 will say he's earned his right to play. You know, like to a new contract. But then I noticed it was Easter Sunday. One of the national papers had him linked with Middlesbrough. You know, like a Bosman mm. in the summer there. So maybe the old agent was starting to do his job of putting his name out there and like who you know if. If Preston weren't going to give him something, mm-hmm. you know, or could he get better money? Because I think he only came here on sort of a very similar to what he'd been on at Fleetwood. I don't yep. think there was any major financial incentive coming to Preston. I think it was more the championship football, his chance to play yeah, championship football. Falling out yeah. at Fleetwood and they were just yeah. essentially taking that contract, weren't yeah. they? And they were, yeah, so they really, they took over the contract. So, um, 
obviously, I, th- I think he will have attracted attention from other clubs mm. thinking they, they won't have to pay a King's Ransom for him. They'll get him on the Bosman and probably wages rise. You could give him a decent enough rise, but without having to break the bank for it, you know, yep. compared to what he was on. So, um, so I was... I thought when when Middlesbrough entered the fray last, you know, wh- whether the Middlesbrough story was a genuine one or just a sort of an agent planting a paper or something, you were yep. thinking it was one I could see where, yeah, I could see the logic in that one. Uh, but so for me, it came as a, you know, to get it now at this stage, I, I, I think it was quite a surprise for it to happen. I thought maybe in the summer it might have done, you know, mm. but. Uh, you know, but he, he's got himself a two-year deal now. So uh, I suppose as soon as interest is shown elsewhere, yeah. it just makes sense for PNE to two yeah. time down because I think maybe they were almost taking it for granted that mm. they'll be able to sort it in the summer and p- perhaps on the Middlesbrough front, they've learned a little bit from the Darnell Fisher situation that you can't hang around too much if there's interest there. Yeah. Agents will do their things, all this sort of stuff. They can't miss the boat, and with how important he's been. Just yeah. just makes sense to me, at least. Yeah, because yeah, as you say, he's been a constant, hasn't he? Mm. You know, a couple of substitute uh, appearances, but then like fourteen to start fourteen games on the mm. bounce. I think he has, That's and in the way he plays as well. Yeah, cause he, he doesn't leave anything out there. No, does he? no. He, to be fair, I thought he looked absolutely shattered on. Uh, mm. You know, by the time he came, he came off at the end, didn't he? On. Um, on, on Saturday against Brentford, you know, yep. like he came, he was that second batch of subs golf. He looked absolutely dead on his feet there, to mm. be fair. Um, and I say he didn't have his really in the pod. I said he, he didn't have his best game. I thought, but he, he he's put the he's put the hours in, you yeah. know, out there. You know, I suppose when when you when you sign initially on loan or on or been on a short term contract. A player is there almost. He's got to prove himself. It's an audition. Yeah, yeah. It's an, yeah, and he will turn around and say, "I've you've trusted me to start the last fourteen games. You know, I deserve more yeah. now." And that's Repay obviously, yeah, yeah. So it, it was a controversial sign. Let's not get away from that. We know the background. We know there's some people's views on it, and haven't changed about him one one little bit. Um, so th- that's there, you know you can't do anything about it you know that 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 is the background of it that that's the backstory to it mm-hmm. some people will say why be giving another deal some will be delighted um so that's where they are now but is he signed up now two year contract takes him through to 2023 almost offers a little bit more stability as well going into the summer where we know it's going to be a big summer yeah. but you mm-hmm. there, there's one guy sorted yeah yeah cuz yeah. yeah it's going to be busy again isn't it cuz mm. you've got you got Five loanees mm-hmm. to sort out. You've uh, you did have Evans and Cunningham as like were loanees, weren't they? Turned into per- permanent. Yeah. Greg Cunningham, like Greg, uh, Jed Evans was like um, you know a short term to the end of the season. So you got Cunningham to think about those. So that's the five loan players plus Cunningham who's been struggling with yeah, injury as yeah. well. Then you had Evans, so that was seven to sort out. But mm-hmm. you've got Bowden, Gallagher, Malt approaching the end of the contract. So that's ten. Well, one less now with Evans. Plus, you got a dozen more going into the final twelve months of the contract. So, to leave it all till summer, fair enough. You can see why now they've started to work the way through. You know, you know, it's one down, isn't it? One mm. down, a few to go. You know, so yeah. And uh, we'll go to Stoke. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll move on to the next game. Yeah, mm-hmm. which um, need a reaction yeah, for me. Yeah, definitely. You get beat five nil. You got to the last time. The last team to beat North End five nil were Brentford mm. <laughs> in two thousand and sixteen. 
the game after they went to Bournemouth in the cup and won three two. He changed the side massively. Yeah. Under Simon Grayson. That Mackinock Is that Mackinock yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he, uh, they had um yeah, they got beat five 0 at Brentford on the Saturday, went to Bournemouth on the Tuesday, and they had a home game with Wigan coming up on the Friday, mm. a league game. So he changed a load of players for the cup. Jordan Hugel's backside? Yeah, that was it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he changed a load of players for the cup thinking oh he'd rest a few for the Wigan game. But he got such a good reaction from those players who were coming at Bournemouth that he ended up it was like the start of Chris Maxwell's run in the side. Mm. It was Start Ben Pearson started yeah. to come into it a bit more and Hugo and plays like that, so it worked out all right in the end. Yeah, mm. but uh, did, you get beat five nil on a Saturday, you need a reaction in the next game. You know, even if it's to be defensively solid and sort of great out a nil nil draw or something. But they need a reaction, but they also need a point or two. Which, yeah, yeah. You know, let's let's not lose sight of that. They still yeah. need a, a performance. Performance yeah. aside, yeah, get a result. I mean, still can't in the best of form. They've just lost two nil to uh, Birmingham and mm. and two one to Millwall. So they're mm. coming into off the back of yeah. uh, a couple of losses, which obviously is hopefully. Yeah. A good sign for They're just banging the, the table, aren't they? You yeah. know? So I expected yeah. a bit more from them this season. I yeah, they started quite bright with Mar- mm. you know, uh, Michael. Michael O'Neill. Yeah. Sorry. Um, they were up and around the playoffs early doors, weren't they? But mm. they've got a big summer. They've yeah. got about 15 or 16 players, yeah. all contracts expiring this mm. this yeah. year. Yeah. And, and I think parachute payments run out Must for them do, yeah they've and not sorted themselves out since they've come down have no. they really they've no. just kind of been I feel like they've just kind of been winging it and hoping yeah. you know they've still got people like Joe Allen there who yeah. will be on some hefty wage and so, someone told me what he thought he was on and he's saying absolutely incredible for yeah. the championship it'd be tens yeah. and tens and tens and tens, tens of thousands yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. so it is really 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 you know like um, a lot of money yeah and someone said someone told me now that he was only press room chatter you know that he's second highest paid player behind AU in the championship right AU, you know so. yeah it doesn't, came doesn't for twenty million me. from West Ham, you know. So uh, uh, yeah, f- uh, no, from oh yeah, AU, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, of course, sorry. Um, yeah, they've they've got an all right team as well. Yeah. It, 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 but it is also very championship. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It, I was talking to someone about this, Tom. There's a big glut of clubs, probably from ninth downwards, you know, sort of ninth or ten downwards, where mm. Stoke are. You know, you got your Millwall, your Bristol Cities. You got ourselves, you got Blackburn, you got Luton, or getting into that clubs now. You got Derby now and Forest. To just a glut of clubs who, on the day, can produce a right good performance, mm. but on the on another day can absolutely stink the place out. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> that, you know. You do. The, the friend I was talking with just described it as like sometimes it's almost like there are a glut of clubs who, on your day, you've got to drag someone down to your level. You know, mm. and and that's what the champion. You got like, you you look at the tops. You, you look at the current top six, and Bar Barnsley. It's what you'd expect up there, wouldn't you? Mm. You know, in terms of money spent and you know past history and whatnot. Um, but the rest of the champion is this big slog, isn't it? This absolute sort of yeah. slog, you know. And if you if you can't get any incons- any consistency, like North End have been unable to do, that's when you find yourself lower mid table and sort of looking over your shoulder. This may be a bit disrespectful to Luton because I'm going to skip them out in this. Yeah, in this yeah, because they do, they've done well since coming up. Yeah, yeah so. but but if you look at the, that sort of mid table area, which is. It, Separated by just a handful of points, there's the Millwall, Middlesbrough, QPR, Stoke, Bristol City, Nottingham Forest, Preston, Blackburn. Mm. That just screams, especially this season, mm. mid-table championship. It does, yeah. And, yeah. and like you say, there's a great description that some weeks they just stink the place out. Yeah. Another week they'll, I mean, less so North End this season, unfortunately, but 
one week they'll just they'll just go and win three nil, mm-hmm. and then then you'll be like, oh, this this team's in there, yeah, mm-hmm. and then you won't see it for another month. No, no, and that's you know that's the difference. It's, it's like no offense, you, you turn it around, you go to Brentford, you two 0 down, you turn it around in the second half, win four two. Yeah, yeah. You go to Bournemouth and play them off the park for <laughs> seventy minutes, you know. Yet you'll go to Luton and get absolutely <laughs> tonk three nil. You get tonk three, you get tonk one nil by Luton at home. You know, yeah. like uh, yeah. Yeah, I really, you know, there's been other games, Wickham this season, for example, you know, awful at Wickham and things like that. Yeah, you, you go to Reading and win 3 0. Mm. There's just, there's no pattern at all. Yeah, and, and Stoke, like I said before, there's such a championship team. The, the, some of the players, Steve, Stephen Fletcher, Danny Bart, James Chester, Nick Powell, uh, I mean, John Owen Mikel's a bit uh, mm. out there, but Sam Vokes and, and people like that, that they just, that just are. Championship, but, championship, yeah, players, solid say, championship players. At the yeah. same time, they're not even that cheap. No, they're not. No. They're not going to. I, I feel like they're not going to take Stoke to the next level. No, mm-hmm. but and they're also not particularly cheap. No, and that's what I think is so strange about the way Stoke have been going about it. It just doesn't add up. I think at least with North End trying to sign from lower divisions, they're doing it on the cheap and mm-hmm. trying to, you know polished into a diamond all this sort of stuff you can sort of see there's progression in yeah. there mm-hmm. but when you sign Stephen Fletcher on a on a sizable deal when his mm-hmm. contract at Sheffield Wednesday in the same division runs out yeah Mm-hmm. Where does that take you if yeah. you want to be in the Premier League? It's, it's more a treading water sign, isn't it? Yeah. To keep you know like you know it's hard to get back to the Premier League, but you need to sort of be solid in the championship and make sure you don't get dragged down there like mm. Sheffield Wednesday might do, for example. Mm. You know, like uh, partly due to finance and things like that. But yeah. you know, it's uh, but th- that's the champ. That's why it's such a blooming hard division to mm. get out of, isn't it? Because you've got this big clog of sides there, who can make it so difficult. for Yeah, you. and and with how pretty Brentford have been over the last few years, mm. they're still here. Yeah, yeah, the, their model, you know, like it, it ticks all the boxes, doesn't it, for or what you'd like to be, sort mm. of a, a sort of B team playing friendlies against other teams, you know, going to get players from Denmark or, you know, like, play, mm. you know, France, yeah. but also... They go into the B team then and then the Go way and in. raid lower mm. division clubs as well, then take a bit of a gamble with people like Pontius Janssen who have, you know, Played at a very decent level. Yep. You bring, you know, then Norgard. Seven million, yeah, yeah. 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 Then you've got people Norgard, like Norgard right. to Fre- yeah. Fiorentina. You yeah. know, you've got a this massive big range. You know, the transfer policy is... Huge scouting network. Yeah, it's a huge scouting network. You know, yeah. they use algorithms. They use mathematical sort of statistics, all sorts. It, it, it's, it's this beautiful model, you know, with, with this smaller club punching above our weight. You know, like, uh, it will take time to... In, you know, to get to where they want to. I think it was 2012 they started this route. Yep. But at the end of the day, they're in the championship and they're still, they're still here. You know, pe- pe- <laughs> people like to knock North End and compare them. Brentford went up a year above, no- ahead mm. of North End. We're still in the same division now. Brentford could very easily go up this time. And could have last time. Yeah, but they might not do. Mm. You know, again, you know, the Brentford fans will be like tearing the hair out of time. Oh, it's a blooming playoffs it, again. You it's know? one of those that you hear about. The, yeah, the we could end up, it could be another trip to the Brentford Community Stadium next season. Yeah. They might be coming here for another, because God knows how many goals have been scored in the Preston-Brentford fixture over the yeah. years. It's the, incredible. I think, I think I tweeted out the other day, I think the, the home fixture yeah. averages 
uh, it, well, it, it did average just short of four goals a game okay. going yeah. into going into Saturday, yeah. and then you get five. Five, yeah. So yeah. I mean, that, even that'll have even that'll have uh, gone up a bit, yeah. yeah. And um, but then again, you know, for all how good this modelling is and how you know, like how much money's involved in it, you know, like you, you, from a from a distance, you admire what Brentford are doing. Mm. But they could end up in the same. We could end up in the same division again next season. It's another season for them. Yeah, it's that sort of argument you hear Premier League fans have, where it's like, "Oh, we finished in the top four year after year." It's like, "Yeah, but we've won a trophy." Mm, and it's like yeah. Brentford have been in that that higher end of the table. They've been playing really nice football and all this mm. sort of thing. But mm. at the end of the day, they've got the same out of it as as PNE and prize money in the Championship is. It, it makes no difference. Doesn't doesn't matter where you finish, does yeah. it? You know, more so in the yeah. Premier League. There's yeah. there's different splits, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the championship, it really kind of doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter where you finish. You yeah. get the same, you know, it's the same solidarity payments. Yeah. In the Premier League, you know, God knows how many million per place where you finish. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. you can go up a handful of places yeah. and make ten million pounds or something. Yeah. But so, so at the end of the day, they've mm. they've they've not got anything to no. show for it, which it just sums up this division, really, yeah. doesn't it? It just shows how hard the championship is. I, I, you know, you probably would like to see Brentford go up, you know, mm. like, and I, you know, like, reward... And see how they, they do up yeah, there. Yeah, it'd be fascinating if they do, you know, yeah. like, um, do they have to change the model? Do they, are, are they able mm. to get as many cheaper imports from... Um, from Europe now with Brexit, you know, does that change their dynamics? Did he yeah. did he shop a little bit in different areas now? You know, but uh, it'd be fascinating to see. But there's whoever lands in playoffs with them will be having this total argument. Well, I don't want to see Brentford there. You know, yeah. I want it to be us. Yeah. You know, you, you you might see oh no, fancy but but uh, Barnsley having a go at it. You know, yeah. so. and uh, just before we end, I'm going to touch briefly because um, we'll we'll record after the game. We won't we won't come back before it. Um, but it is worth mentioning that uh, North End will be hosting Wayne Rooney's Derby County. Wayne Rooney's, yeah. On, Wayne, on uh, Tuesday. The new franchise. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, at brief, uh, quickly after the Stoke game. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, I don't really want to talk about it because we one, there isn't much point. One, <laughs> one game at a time, Tom. One yeah. game at a time. Let's, yeah. let's get Stoke out of the way first. But we've so. not forgotten about it. And no, we'll no. be back after it uh, yeah. to talk about the Stoke and the uh, and the Wayne Rooney Derby's Wayne Rooney's Derby, Derby County, County game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Wayne Rooney's Derby County need points. Yeah, like us. Yeah, you know, they're, they're formerly Frank Lampard's Derby County. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The <laughs> franchise keeps changing, you know. But uh, uh, with new owner as well. Haven't yeah, they? well, proposed owner yeah. Eric Allison or something. Yeah, uh, Eric right. Alonso. Alonso, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got some interesting Instagram pictures. Yeah. I've seen those. He's like, he's like, he's like topless and all this sort of stuff. He's just, yeah. He, he, I think what is he like twenty nine? It's, it's very, it's very much a twenty nine year old's Instagram yeah. to be fair. But it's just a bizarre going from Mel Morris to to yeah. this. Was it? Was he involved as a sort of go-between at Sheffield Wednesday for a little bit? Like yeah, I think I heard something about that. Yeah, it, which yeah. is a bit was it was it's he, a bit cheeky, really, isn't it? Was he trying to be a sort of um, a sort of advisor there, you mm. know, sort of a go-between on, you yeah. know, like I, I, you know, sort of trying to influence, you know, trying to sort of advise their owner on football? I'm sure he was involved there a couple of months ago and then left quite, con- you know, like disassociated himself from it, you know? Yeah, because so. things are going so well at Sheffield yeah. Wednesday and yeah. so well at Derby County. Yeah, but, you know, Dar- when you're in County. Derby, it shows how difficult it is to get a new owner because it looked like they were going to be sold to the, the company from the Far East, mm. you know, who tried to buy in at Newcastle as well and yeah. Liverpool and again fell through. You know, this is like a second bite of the cherry at it, so... Can't all be Wigan Athletic who've got their Bahraini owners Bahraini, sorted. Yeah, yeah, the Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what a but, name. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, but... 
No, but it, it just shows, you know, when people are crying out for all that, let's get new owners in. You yeah. know, it's difficult to gotta find it. You've got to be careful what you yeah. wish for. If you're, if you're a club, if you're a club, if you're a club in administration and absolute desperate finance, you probably, it's easy to attract owners who will buy you for a pound and, mm. and then try and take on your debt. and try Yeah, and get absorb the debt, that's the cost. Isn't trying it, to yeah. get a, you know, but trying to buy a club which is, de- you know, a decent standard, you know, it's difficult to find yeah. the right ownership who's going to be better than what you've got. It's hard to find. If there's nothing particularly going wrong at the club, say, mm. for example, it's North End or whatever, mm. if there's nothing particularly wrong going on at the club, my gut instinct is that these people will want to come in and make a profit for themselves yeah. and take advantage of that position yeah. rather than build on it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it seems more to be the case more and more mm. in modern football, which is obviously disappointing. But like you say, it's probably fall into the wayside that's going to get you a better owner rather than actually being in a, in yeah, a good yeah. position. I think falling by the wayside, they'll kind of track the wrong kind of owners mm. as well. Where, I suppose a prime, the prime where you want to be to be taken over is top end of the championship, who a realistic chance of getting into the Premier League. I think mm. that's where you're going to attract your really... Wolves. So, yeah, yeah, exactly who came in, you know, like... Uh, mm. But the... You know, you look at different markets now, don't you, in football? The, the, the Chinese market seems to have, you know, the, the the Chinese government's not encouraging... Yeah, they've pulled out of that. ...not lot, encouraging a lot of out, outside of China investment anymore. You know, mm. I think they're into Milan in Italy. They're owned by Chinese owners, and mm-hmm. I think there's... Yeah, there's they're, they're rowing there. back, yeah. So um, I, think, I think more... American owners are going to be the sort of mm. they, they seem Fulham's, to be the ones coming up with the money yeah, at the moment. Jacksonville Jaguars owner, yep. I think, mm-hmm. and then um, obviously Liverpool's owners own the the yeah. Red Sox, and mm. Arsenal's owner owns a, another football team, but I can't think who it is. Yeah. An NFL team, but I can't remember who it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's where you're going to. You know, that seems to be the money. We've diversed a bit here, haven't we? I know, yeah. yeah. We'll cover everything. You, it's all came from you mentioning Bahrain and, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the, Phoenix, and the Phoenix the Phoenix Club by Wigan, yeah. <laughs> Max and Paddy. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's perfect. It's perfect. But like, no, I've, got, I've got just a very quick one oh, on there. On. I've got w- w- Wigan being brought by this Phoenix Club. Mm. They'd actually found somewhere, I think it's Hamilton Academical Goalkeeping Coach, he's called Brian Potter. <laughs> and, and my mate who covers Wigan. For, the, for our sister pay for the Wigan even for says with Phoenix Club taking over Wigan you've got to make this yeah, happen yeah. They've, got, they've got to bring in Brian Potter yeah. goalkeeping coach do it for the you? fans if yeah, else, you know, yeah. get, that's one way to get people on side yeah. there's a Jerry Sinclair out there yeah. or, you know, yeah. or a Dem Perry Dem Perry player somewhere <laughs> get, get him in get him in yeah. yeah just don't get any inflatable yeah. bouncy castle yeah, or anything knocking yeah. around <laughs> for anyone who doesn't watch Phoenix Nights Tom they're going to be thinking what the hell are these two on about they're missing out they are missing if, out if you've not yeah. watched Phoenix Nights I don't apologise go and watch, watch it, it yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's I've, that's the problem, not us. Available on Google Boxes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's about it for us this week. Um, we've, make, talk, we've covered everything, Tom. Yeah, it's we, been, we, we started with the weather. Yeah. We've talked North The End, school run. The school run, scraping frost off windscreens. <laughs> we've finished with uh, foreign owners. And, and Phoenix and, Nights. And Phoenix Nights. Well, what more can people Yeah, ask what more do you want? Yeah. What more do you want? Why listen to anyone else? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so just keep in touch with us. Uh, w- this is why we shouldn't have a week off, Dave. We have too much to talk about. Um, keep in touch with us on Twitter at seds underscore LEP, at Tom Sandals and at LEP underscore football for all the uh, LEP stories. Keep in touch on lep.co.uk for all our stories going in uh, every day on North End. And uh, 
buy a paper wire at it. Why Absolutely, not? Yeah. Get get out there. And All good news can, agents. Hey, we can yeah. go out now. Everything's yeah. opening up again. <laughs> Use your new freedom to buy a paper. Yeah. That, if you want to listen to this podcast, get yeah. yourself sat out in a beer garden yeah. over the next few days, wrap up warm, yeah. get yourself Elastic. a cold pint, <laughs> and, 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 and you know, rather than listen to the guy on the next table boring yeah. you off or something, you know, have a listen to us. Depending on what people think, they might need to be drunk to listen to this, to be fair. So, uh, yeah. Well, the, the last bit they will have done. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, all I have to say is uh, thank you very much for listening.